It takes years to know what you're going to want to use to finish a project. Does it need an orbital polisher? Or will good old elbow grease do the trick? But now that you're an expert, you're going to want a provider that knows how to serve an expert. You're going to want Worth. And you're going to want to visit Worth.ca. That's W-U-R-T-H dot C-A. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the July 15th, 2022 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. My guest today has spent 15 years in the digital auto retailing space, and he admits he hasn't seen a time quite as exciting or as fluid as this. Today, he'll talk about what dealers need to do to keep online customers happy and explain why the need for in-person interaction is never going away. And he'll also tell us why there's no one-size-fits-all answer in the digital retailing world. All that and more when I speak with the president of Trader Corporation's AutoSync, Edwin Ulak, on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Edwin, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Yeah, my pleasure, Greg. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Let's start here. Uh, Tell me a little bit about AutoSync and what it means for dealers. Sure. Uh, A new brand in the Canadian market, Um, but what it does is it brings together a set of cloud-leading technologies, uh, which have been in the market for for a long time and and some of which are, are fairly new. Um, what it means to dealers is that there's now one place that they can go to get a software ecosystem for their store that really helps them address the changing landscape that we're all in. And by changing landscape, I'm specifically referring to uh, how digital is really transforming how we sell cars. So AutoSync offers a full connected suite of solutions that address that, right, from sort of traffic generation to website and conversion tools, and then to the store as well, through CRM and, and how we actually customers when they're in the store, all the down inventory strategy and making sure we right inventory and it's priced right to keep fueling the cycle and fueling our profitability. So that's who we are. Uh, that's what we do. And uh, that's how we can help us. You talked about the changing landscape. Um, can you put into context or kind of give us an idea of how quickly things are really changing for auto retailers in Canada? You know, if we look back sort of over 10 years, we've been talking a lot about how the internet is changing car retailing. But what we've really been doing is changing how cars are advertised and not really changing how cars are sold using the internet. So we've all been at using really advanced tools uh, to advertise cars online for quite some time. Using digital tools, technology, and digital platforms like AutoTrader, everyone's doing it, and they're all quite advanced. So I would say in that domain, you know, the change has already happened. Uh, what's gone a lot slower is actually moving the retail process online. But I think that's really started to shift uh, over the last couple of years. As far as changing how we sell cars online, the retail process, a lot slower than advertising, but particularly with the pandemic and electrification, those two uh, factors, I think, have created an environment where things are changing much more quickly. I was going to ask how much of that change is due to the pandemic and us being locked up and looking online and things like that. But I think one of the things that I don't really realize is how many disruptors have now joined the market. So how much has a Lucid or even a Tesla that's been around for a while now changed the way consumers think about buying their next vehicle because we buy things on Amazon site unseen, we click a button and it shows up and we pay for it online. How much of that 
has changed the consumer behavior, but at the same time, how slow have the dealers been at duplicating and replicating what the Amazons and the Teslas of the world have been doing? Look, I think that's a great question, and it's really well phrased for this reason. How are consumer expectations driving change in our industry? And, and I think your comparison, and you have to about disruptors, right? So, you know, the way we think about this auto sync is that consumers always lead the market. And the market has to respond to consumer expectations. And when the market, and especially in you know, an existing incumbent market, so in our case, you know, the way that automotive manufacturers and dealers set up, when they don't adapt quickly enough to consumer expectations, that's where disruptors. All right. So let's pick it up. I'm curious, what are the biggest mistakes dealers are making right now? Or what are some of the things they lack? What are they looking for? What do they come to you for knocking on the door saying, Please help. What is it that they're after? First, I want to acknowledge how challenging the last, you know, couple of years have been for our customers, for dealerships, you know, uh, and I want to acknowledge how incredibly they pivoted uh, as all of the retail kind of ecosystem did when the pandemic happened and lockdowns happened. The fact that they maintained business continuity and business health through that period is is incredible. So, you know, to answer a question about what mistakes you make, I think first we have to acknowledge how incredibly well they've done and how nimble they've been in pivoting uh, and changing to adapt to the circumstances. But having said that, you know, there's always things that you think that you can improve. And as it relates to, you know, you know how we sell cars to consumers and, and their expectations that we've just been talking about, I think the single biggest thing that I notice as a mistake or more so a missed opportunity is thinking about, you know, digital retail and these changes and customer expectations as something that, like, just happens online. And, you know, that customers just come to a website, they configure a car, find a piece of inventory and want to check out and have it delivered at their home. That's not at all, I don't think, what customers want or the new customer expectation. You know, a lot of customers are still coming into our stores, physically test driving vehicles, and then expect to still be able to have a digital purchase experience. So the single biggest mistake is just thinking about that tiny slice of, of our customer base that's willing to trend online as the eligible, you know, kind of community for these new schools uh, and not thinking about the vast majority of people that might come into us through a traditional channel, like a walk-in, but still should be served with uh, a digital retail experience. So, you know, in sales speak, you know, a car is rarely a one-call close, right? Customers are going to have multiple touch points with us. And no matter what that first point, touch point is, the second, third, and fourth and conclusion should be a digital touch point. Uh, I think that's missing. In-store process is not set up to send everybody home with, you know, a digital experience that they can complete on their catch. We'll be right back after this short break. It takes years to know what you're going to want to use for certain projects. People used to tell you, you're going to want a foam gun, wash concentrate, and eco-aluminum wheel cleaner. Or you're going to want a half-inch impact gun, air hose, and an impact socket. But now that you're an expert, you're going to want to go with a company that knows the best way to serve experts is with expertise. You're going to want Worth. And you're going to want to visit Worth.ca. That's W-U-R-T-H dot C-A. Welcome back to the podcast where I'm speaking with president of Trader Corporation's Autosync, Edwin Ulack. So let's move to the consumer for a moment. How fast are they really barreling toward fully online transactions? Um, and I ask because to date, not a ton of them are completed online from start to finish. It, you know, it, it's a very small percentage that log on, find a vehicle, 
uh, order it, apply for financing, pay, and then just simply pick up their car. That's not happening. But how fast are we approaching that complete transaction online? Yeah, I think there's a couple dimensions to that question. I mean, I think first you got to segment it and say, if you were to ask me, you know, how fast are customers who are willing to, you know, to buy an electric vehicle moving towards that uh, online transaction, right? And you say, well, that's actually reasonably fast because a lot of the folks that offer those types of vehicles, you know, and you mentioned a few of the newer entrants, but even, you know, traditional, uh, if you want to call them traditional manufacturers, are, are selling EVs completely online. So that segment, it's happening very quickly. And a good portion of those vehicles, um, at least a significant portion of that purchase experience is happening online. Uh, if you look at other segments, you know, um, particularly used vehicles, the the vast majority of uh, consumers are not doing it digitally. Uh, and yet still you see both in our market and in the U.S. with, you know, Carvana and even, car, you know, traditional retailers like CarMax putting a lot of effort into the digital retail experiences. There's definitely a large segment of consumers that are uh, interested in that experience. But I think even with that, all of what I just said, that still misses the bigger picture which is absolutely all of consumers would like to have a better purchase experience. And it doesn't need to be entirely online. I think this black and white, it's online, it's offline, is not the right way to talk about this type of purchase. It's an omni-channel purchase experience. An omni-channel in this context means I might start online and finish in-store. I might start in-store and finish online. And I think if we can offer consumers that fluid experience, they're all going to engage with that. And, and I wanted to ask about that because I know AutoSync works with the automakers themselves. And so, and we've seen automakers such as Tesla, as we've mentioned in Lucid, selling direct to consumers. So should dealers be worried about automakers eventually cutting them out of the equation altogether? Or is there always going to be a place, and as you said, an omni-channel approach for dealers and with dealers? I think the first I want to make about AutoSync in this context is that, you know, we're a dealer software company and, and that's how we're built. all of our solutions, you know, we're built to operate in the dealership and in the, in the retail environment. And, and if in fact, a big part of our sales pitch to OEMs is that, you know, we are proven in the retail environment. These are proven tools. Uh, so, you know, they're going to work uh, when you deploy them across your retail network. So that's who we are. And that, that shapes and colors our perspective on the industry. And my belief is that, you know, uh, there will be a strong role for retailers uh, in the future of the industry. And I think what, you know, the smart OEMs that I talk to are, are thinking through is how do they better leverage their dealer networks to compete effectively with these new entrants, right? So that's where I think things are going to work. What's the one biggest piece of advice that you'd give dealers right now coming out of the pandemic, staring down digital retail, fending off the disruptors. What do you tell dealers? What's your biggest piece of advice today as we speak? Well, I'd back to, to my sentiment earlier. And the first thing I would do is acknowledge the incredible work that they've done. You know, secondly, I'd thank them for, for their continued support. And then in, in terms of advice, you know, I, I think embracing technology and embracing the process change that is required in order to implement technology, because just as much as I'd love to sign up uh, many new customers, but just signing the contract doesn't really create the value. You know, it's, it is a change in the operating environment to use these tools and use them well. Um, but they are designed to both uh, make the dealers more profitable and effective in the way that they sell cars today, as well as make them future-proof. Uh, and able to respond and react as our industry changes around us. So I would say embrace the technology and embrace the change. 
Uh, one of the things that just dawned on me is the inventory crisis or the inventory shortage. How much of that is playing into online tools in terms of if I'm a customer, I want to know what's on my dealer's lot right now. And I also want to know if it's not there, how long is it going to take? How how much of that inventory piece of dealerships is AutoSync looking at and working with and, and helping dealers with? Yeah, I think there's uh, two dimensions to that. I'll probably answer how it relates to new car and the new car market because I think the inventory shortage has had a greater impact on the new car segment. And in that context, I think it's actually really accelerated the adoption of digital purchasing by consumers because it's actually harder to go on a dealer's website or on a manufacturer's website and find inventory. It doesn't exist. So now you're in a pre-order workflow or you're in a reservation workflow. And now all of your purchasing and configuring and you're putting a deposit online because there's no other option. You're not any longer physically walking into a dealership to buy a new car because you know it's not there. You might be able to test drive it, but then you're going to be sent home and sent to a website to go and configure the purchase. So, you know, I actually think this inventory shortage is accelerating some of what we've been talking about here today. And I think that's an important point that you raised. What is something or what are some things you see coming in the near and medium future for dealers? Things that they or, or maybe even the customers might not be expecting or preparing for. I mean, you're in a position where you need to be prepared for just about anything in this realm. What's coming that we don't know about or something's coming that we should know about or should be prepared for? Yeah, I think predicting the future is a dangerous uh, occupation, uh, you know, especially now. I think, look, I, I've been in the automotive technology industry for about 15 years, and I've never seen a time that is as, you know, kinetic as right now, where there are so many big pieces moving. And, you know, we talked about some of those big changing forces, right? Consumer expectations. You know, you mentioned inventory a second ago. You know, we talked about the pandemic. You know, all of these things that are happening at the same time. Now, you know, we think about, you know, just the broader economy and some of the, the rapid changes that are happening around interest rates in that environment. So there are all of these things that are changing, I think, make it impossible for any of us to see what's what's right around the corner. Right. I, I don't have a, a better crystal ball than any of our customers. I mean, there's some really, really smart people that I have the privilege of working with at dealerships and, and at manufacturers. And I think we're all looking at quite a murky environment. And in that context, I think, you know, being nimble and able to change are real advantages. So again, I just go back to the technology is there to be more nimble and, you know, process change is something that we have to all get good at and recognize we're going to have to do a lot of. So I would say embrace the technology, embrace the process change that comes with it. And that will, will keep us resilient as we're kind of sailing into the unknown a little bit. So I'm going to play Colombo here. I have one more question for you, sir. 15 years in the industry, 15 years looking at digital retailing, auto tech, all that stuff. Has there ever been a more difficult time than now with all the things swirling around us, with us coming out of the pandemic? I mean, has this been the most difficult two or three years of, of your career and a difficult time for auto retailing in general? I think it's been, it is probably the most exciting time. <laughs> And that doesn't mean it's not difficult. I think I'm going to I'd add difficult to the answer to your question. Um, it's certainly been difficult. It's rewarding at the same time, because I think we're, uh, as all of us in this ecosystem and, uh, in, in, you know, the automotive ecosystem go through this time together, I think we're building a better and stronger ecosystem. And I think that's a good thing. And it is hard. It is difficult. 
but what makes it exciting is that I think it's it's already better than it was two years ago, and I'm confident that it will be better still. And I'm privileged to be able to you know work in a company that can help make that happen. Edwin, I want to thank you for uh, joining me on the podcast this week. Fascinating stuff. Uh, a great chat, honestly. Yeah, thanks a lot, Greg. I want to thank Edwin for being my guest this week. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a suggestion or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.